This is Norm Holley from WFHB, and today I'm interviewing Professor Richard Hardy at IU. He's going to be talking to us about uh, mosquito-borne or blocking mosquito-borne viruses. The CDC has said that there's a danger with climate change that we could see like West Nile and Ebola in areas that they have not been. They could move in north and uh, they are not in Indiana at this point, but nonetheless there is a danger of that. But the, um, the mosquito-borne diseases are taking a great toll. In fact, if you ask, you know, what is the most dangerous species to human life? It's not uh, great white sharks, it's, it's not the lion, it's the mosquito. So um, would you talk about just the uh, transmission of diseases by mosquitoes? Sure, sure. So, I mean, as you, you referenced the, the um, yeah, mosquitoes as, as a group, and there's, there's many species of mosquitoes, most of which um, feed on, on blood from, from vertebrates as sort of a necessary part of their reproductive cycle. But the responsible um, viruses have taken advantage of the blood-feeding nature of mosquitoes to use them as a very effective means of being transmitted from one vertebrate host to another. Um, and when we think about human disease, uh, there are billions of people who live in regions where they are at risk of, in fact, mosquito-transmitted viruses are essentially found on every continent in the world, with maybe the exception of Antarctica. Um, so the, these sort of arthropod-borne diseases are very, uh, are very prevalent, and a number of them are very debilitating in terms of the diseases they cause. And again, a, a, a number of those disease-causing pathogens are, are, um, are, are highly are, can be quite lethal. Um, generally, what we're looking at is with, with humans is a, a handful of mosquito species that are capable of transmitting these pathogens. The most dangerous, I suppose, of which are Aedes aegypti, which uh, transmits uh, yellow fever, dengue virus, Zika virus, and also uh, something called the chikungunya virus, which uh, is less lethal, but causes a very debilitating arthritic disease. And then you look in at uh, Anopheles um, species, um, particularly Anopheles gambi, which is responsible for the transmission of a, a eukaryotic parasite that is plasmodium that's the causative agent of malaria, which is, takes an incredible toll on um, the health of many, particularly many African nations. Usually, when we think about uh, disease transmission by mosquitoes, we tend to think of a, a, an infected mosquito that, that will transmit virus through its saliva when it takes a blood meal on, in, on, on a human, when it takes a, a human blood meal. Uh, the human then becomes infected and has, uh, and within a few days to a week, ends up producing uh, a high level of virus in the blood so that when another mosquito bites the human, it becomes infected with the virus from the blood meal and so the cycle continues. Um, and viruses have adapted to, to um, this mode of transmission quite efficiently and this 
means that again we we end up with good transmission of of, of things like yellow fever and, and dengue viruses, particularly a problem in in South America and other parts of the tropics. But what has been relatively recently um, come uh, has come to the attention of sort of the scientific community of the people who study these things is the the involvement of another um, party in this. Uh, in this transmission cycle, and that's a um, a, a bacterium that infects mosquitoes. Um, doesn't seem to cause a great deal of um, uh, damage to the mosquito. Doesn't really seem to cause disease. Maybe a slight shortening of the length of life of the mosquito. Um, and it's found in some mosquito species. It's found in a lot. This is this is a it's a bacterium called Wolbachia. And it's um, it's an what's referred to as an endosymbiont, which means it lives inside the host cell. So it lives inside the cells of, of insects and some uh, some nematode worms, and um, so it, and it's very 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 prevalent in in the world. So there's a lot, probably one of the most prevalent infections around in terms of the number of species that are actually that actually carry this thing. Um, one of the effects a Wolbachia infection has in, um, in, in mosquitoes, when we, when we infect mosquitoes with it, uh, um, is that it seems to inhibit the growth and infectivity of um, viruses that normally can be transmitted by mosquitoes. So this is, uh, we, we could, in a way, um, it's not quite accurate, but in a way we could think of this as being a mechanism of vaccinating mosquitoes. That is, the mosquitoes carry the Wolbachia and then that prevents them from transmitting um, these uh, dangerous viruses. Uh, one of the things my, my colleague um, Irene, uh, um, Professor Irene Newton in the biology department and I have been have been studying along with the the, the well the the major work being done by a graduate student in my lab, Tamanash Bhattacharya. Um, one of the things we've been studying is is how what is the mechanism by which Wolbachia blocks virus replication and, and inhibits virus infectivity. Because while we know the phenomena exists, we know when Wolbachia is present, um, the, the virus infectivity is, is decreased and transmission goes down. Um, and in fact, it's being used in the wild. Mosquitoes with this are being introduced into areas um, in high numbers to try and reduce the transmission of pathogens in certain, in certain areas um, with some degree of success. Um, we don't know how it works, and it's fine throwing things out there into the world um, uh, with some knowledge that they do work, but if we don't know how they work, then we can't predict what potential down-the-road outcomes might occur. Um, we may get viruses that um, adapt to the presence of Wolbachia, and as a consequence of their adaptation, maybe they become more pathogenic. Um, maybe not. But um, we don't know how it works. If we know how it works, um, we have a better idea about whether this is something that the virus can evolve around or whether it's something that is going to prevent that kind of adaptation occurring. Um, so we were using, we've used um, fruit flies as a surrogate model 
for um, for, for a mosquito. They're relatively closely related in the grand scheme of things, um, and serve as an excellent model because they're they're easy to manipulate genetically, and so we can find out what's happening in them. Um, so how do you infect the fruit, fruit flies with the Wolbachia? Um, the fruit flies with uh, <laughs> fruit flies naturally. Uh, some uh, there, there is a there is uh, uh, a uh, strain of Wolbachia that actually naturally infects fruit flies. So, so there's some lines of fruit flies carry it, and you can simply it's transmitted um, vertically. So from from uh, one generation to the next through the females. So if you have a, a, a mother fly who is infected with Wolbachia, then the offspring will all be infected with Wolbachia. So if we, we begin by crossing an, a Wolbachia-infected female to maybe an uninfected male with a certain genetic background that we want, and then the offspring will be infected, and then some of them will have that genetic background that we're looking for. So, so it, it, it's actually, as I say, is, is transmitted. Not it, it, there, it, there is believed to be some mechanism of horizontal, uh, individual to individual transmission, but it's generally transmitted vertically through, between generations through the females. 